Bibles to Acts chapter 24 this morning. Acts 24. <clears throat> Exciting chapter, but as I said, it's going to be a really, really, really sad chapter in so many ways. Acts 24. And I'm glad to have my Timothy team on duty this morning. They're going to be doing some reading for us, hopefully answering some questions. Uh, they'll be looking at verses and doing some of the passages outside of our chapter. Um, so, anyway... Paul's going through his, Paul is going through his his all the trials that are starting to come down on him now. Remember from the very beginning of Paul's ministry, Paul felt like God wanted him to go to Rome and preach the gospel. And it's a good thing he did because if he hadn't gone to Rome, a lot of us would never have heard the gospel. Because he took the gospel to Europe. And it was Europe that sent so many missionaries out around the world to take the gospel. This is a vital, vital time. So there's all kinds of great lessons here. Now, the, the guy we're going to talk about today is Felix. Felix is, um, he was the, the Roman governor of Judea, as the Romans called it. And the thing about Judea is, is that nobody wanted to govern in Judea. It was kind of like being appointed to Greenland or some desperate place, all right? Even worse, it was the junk job. Judea was considered the armpit of the Roman Empire. Nobody wanted to go there. They didn't want to deal with those Jews. They didn't want to deal with that religion. Then there was this Jesus fellow who'd been stirring up trouble. And nobody, everybody who went there ended up getting involved in the religious fight. So nobody wanted that job. Felix included. Now Felix, if you read your history of Felix, Felix was a really bad guy. I mean, he was he was morally loose. He had no problem killing family members. Um, he had all kinds of... Um, he had a very licentious lifestyle, which means he just gave in to the desires of the flesh. Uh, he was corrupt. He could be bought off. It was a terrible place under his leadership. Now, that's who Paul is going to go to in this chapter. He's going to be called to testify before Felix. And did I send a slide this week? Oh, there it is. I, must have, I, must, oh, I bet we double did it. I bet AJ did it and then I did it. Thank you. All right, Acts 24. We're going to see three things happen. We're going to see Felix and a fake trial. We're going to see Paul's faithful response. And then we're going to see Felix's foolish reply. So we start in chapter 24, verse 1. The first chapter, verse 1 through 9, um, is when Paul is, Felix is bringing up false charges against Paul. Now the high priest came. The high priest was Ananias. We saw him last week. And this was the guy that, 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 wanted, that punched Paul in the face. He brings a lawyer to come. The lawyer's name is Tertullius. So in verses 2-4, through four, we see Tertullius coming along and bringing these, these charges. Uh, and when he, when he was called upon, Tertullius began his accusation saying, seeing that, through, um, seeing that through you we enjoy great peace and prosperity um, is being brought to this nation by your foresight. We accept it always and in all places and most noble Felix with all thankfulness. So he really is playing up Felix when he brings the charges. For we have found this man as a plague, a creator of dissension among the Jews throughout the world and a ringleader of the sect of the Nazarenes. 
He even tried to profane the temple. And we arrested him. And we wanted to judge him according to our law. But the commander Lysias came and with great violence, remember what happened last week? They took him and decided to bring him to you. And the Jews also assented, maintaining, saying that these things were Saul. They accused Paul of a couple of things. I like that first word. It calls him he a, a plague, um, a pestilence. And the literal meaning for that word is um, it's the same idea we get the word pest from. They called him a pest. He was a plague. A pestilence is a plague that is spread by a bug. And they said he was like a rotten plague. Everything he he infected everybody with his false teaching. And they didn't like this teaching. This was a Jewish, this was Ananias, the high priest. This was the lawyer, the solicitor for Ananias. And he comes and he says, we were going to try, we were going to take care of this case. But they came and took him away from us. And they said to bring him to you for trial. Now you've got to remember, there were two governments in Judea at the time, always vying for power. We see that back with Christ. Remember, Christ's trial went back and forth from the Jewish courts to the Roman courts. And the same thing is happening here with Paul. And for the next couple of chapters, Paul is going to be bounced back and forth from the Jewish courts to the Roman courts. The Roman, Roman guy said... Here are his charges. He's a plague. He's been a real pest. They said he was he was bring he was causing treason. You know why they accused Paul of treason before the, before the Roman Empire? Who did Rome? Anybody know? Anybody you guys know? Who did Rome say was God? Yes. Caesar was God. And what was Paul saying about God? Who did Paul say was God? God and Jesus. So Paul was saying there is a real God. So they accused him of sedition and they, it was considered treasonous to not worship um, Caesar. So, the, so they charged him with treason. They charged him with this. They said he's a leader of this Nazarene cult. They called him a leader of the Christians. And they said he was profaning the temple. And as we know from last week, they had tried to kill him. A team had come and arrested him and brought him before the Roman court. And that's where we find Paul today. Paul is not in the Jewish court. He's before the official Roman governor. And I have to wonder myself, we find that coming down in verse 10, what would I do if I had to go, um, <clears throat> I don't know, to the, if we had to go to the court, the courts don't meet in four courts anymore, do they? They meet in that new building, the, the, the court building in town. <clears throat> I was called down there and let's just say for some reason I had to give testimony before the minister of justice. <clears throat> All right, Important people here. And I wonder what I would do if I were called there before the minister of justice. What would I do in that situation? Do you think it's intimidating to go before a government official? Sure it would be. I mean, they're like in power. They have the power of life much more then than now. But these guys have the power of life and death. And Paul had to go give an answer for his faith to Felix. And so Paul stands up. They've given uh, Tertullius. The lawyer had been up. He gave his part. He said, here's, here's Paul. He's going to speak. Verse 22, When Felix heard these things, having a more accurate knowledge of the way... He adjoined the proceedings and said, 
what Lysias the commander comes down, I will make a decision in your case. Paul, he says, or um, Felix, he says, had a knowledge of the way. We can skip over that quicker if we're not careful, can't we? Paul or Felix had knowledge of the way. Can anybody tell me what that means? AJ? He knew about God, but he didn't believe it. How do we know that from the, from the phrase the way? Do we remember something earlier in Acts about the way? Hudson? The way. Wasn't the way like the way was us. Christians were called the way. That's the name they used for themselves. So Felix had an understanding about Christianity. He knew about Christians. So Felix is brought in. I don't know how Felix knew about the Christians, but it says that he had a knowledge of the way. It was part of what he believed. It was part of his 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 consciousness. He said, uh, "When the commander comes down, I'll make a decision." So he he commanded the centurion to keep Paul, let it give Paul liberty. Told him not to forbid his friends to provide for a visit him. So he stayed under house arrest. Something about the way was intriguing Felix. And the thing is, there are a lot of people that we encounter, maybe not government officials, but we have a lot of people we encounter who know something about our faith, don't they? We can say the same thing today. There are people who we know who know about the way. They have a knowledge, a head knowledge of the way. Christianity's been in Europe and America for a long, long time. So these, and, and it's been spreading to other places. They said there's a people who have a knowledge of the way. So Paul defends himself. When the time comes for the trial, verse 11, he defends himself. Um, I'm sorry, I jumped ahead. I was Felix there. I should be back in verse 10. I knew that didn't sound right. But verse 10, when Paul, after the governor had... So ignore what I said. We'll do that later. Um, then Paul, after the governor had nodded to him, spoke, answered, Inasmuch as I know you've been for many years a judge of this nation, I do more cheerfully give an answer for myself. Paul said, here's my opportunity. I have a chance here to talk about my faith. I'm going to give you an answer. I'm going to tell God, I'm going to give my defense. In verse 12, when they, they neither found me in the temple disputing with anyone... They didn't, I, they didn't find me inciting the crowd in the synagogue or in the city. And now they, nor can they prove the things of which they now accuse me. So Paul said, first of all, Paul had a brilliant mind. He's laying out his legal case. First of all, he says, these Jews cannot prove a word they've said. They can't prove anything. They didn't catch me causing trouble. I've not been seditious. I've not been an issue. He says, but here's my answer. And what Paul does here is such a challenge for those of us who are believers. (coughs) Paul doesn't get delayed in the politics. He doesn't get distracted by the politics. Immediately, Paul does what we should do when we're in that kind of a situation. Paul said this immediately. Now, but this I do confess to you. That according to the way which they call a sect, so I worship the God of my fathers believing all things that are written in the law and in the prophets. Paul says, okay, here's my testimony. Here's my confession. 
They've not caught me doing anything. They've said, I've not caused trouble. I've not raised a rebellion. I've not been blasphemous. I'm not a traitor to Rome. I'm a faithful Roman citizen. But let's leave that aside. This I do. First thing Paul said was, in our modern terms, Paul said, I do follow Christ. And if that's going to get me in trouble, so be it. I am a follower of the way. Guys, if we could begin with just that. I ask myself, how many people, how many of my neighbors, people I work, people I work with, people I meet walking Jasper, how many of them know that I'm a Christian? For you guys at school, do your friends know that if you are a Christian, that you're a Christian? Do they know you put their, your faith in Christ? Do they know that you're truly a believer? It makes a difference, doesn't it? Paul said, I am going to confess to this. I am. I do believe in the way. Um, they call it a cult. So he said, first of all, I am a Christian. I am part of the way. Um, and obviously, why, why is the way called the way? going to have William read for us. I know he doesn't want to read first, but hopefully he's ready. I want William to read the verse that tells us why Christians were called the way. Jesus said to them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Okay, William just read John 14, 6, 40. Why were Christians called the way? Anybody? Doesn't have to be a child. Why were Christians called the way? Who's the, David? Because they're, they're the way you can listen to them and know how to go. Okay, you can listen to them and know how to go to heaven. And even Jesus called himself the way there, didn't they? They followed Jesus, and Jesus was the way. So he said, I'm gonna I'm a follower of the way. I do that's how I worship. He said, I'm part of the way, and he said, I worship God that way. He goes on to say, I don't hate the law. The law is good. The law had its purpose. I, I, I don't hate the law at all. But I worship according to the way. Other things, other places Paul talked about. Paul said other places, or Jesus said the other places, straight is the way and narrow is the gate that leads to eternal life. He talked about the way. Um, I'm going to go ahead. David, can you, can you find Acts 14.12 for me? Can you read that for me? Acts 4, verse 12. 4, 12. Acts chapter 4, verse 12. How's the, what's the only, there's only one way to get to heaven. Who's the way? Jesus said, I'm the way. There's no other um, one in which salvation can be found. Jesus is the only way of salvation. He starts driving the point home to Felix from the very, very beginning here. Um, so, but then Paul says, I believe the law. He says, the law is good in other places. The law has a purpose. Hudson, 
Would you look at Galatians chapter 3, verse 4 for me? Galatians 3, verse 4. I think I need to improve this and get pieces of paper before the service. Starting next week when we do this, I'll give the guys, I'll give them a paper before the service rather than make them look it up. I'm learning from this, alright? So bear with me and bear with the boys. Can you find Galatians 3, verse 4? Galatians 3, verse 4. verse, I'm sorry. That was my fault. I didn't jot it down clearly enough. I had... Ah, sorry about that, bud. Alright, we'll leave that one. Bear with all of us as we get this thing going. Galatians, where's the verse that said where Jesus, um, where the Bible says is that the law was our schoolmaster to bring us to Christ? It's in Galatians, isn't it? Galatians 3 someplace? Twenty-four. Twenty-four. All right. Galatians three twenty-four. You want to read that for me, Hud? Galatians three twenty-four. Okay, the law was our teacher to bring us to Christ. Paul said, I believe the law. From what Hudson just read, why did we have the law? Why do we have all those 679 different laws in the Old Testament? Why is the law there? What does it need? What does it do? It's our the teacher to bring us to Christ. If it weren't for the law, we wouldn't have known what sin was. So Paul said, yes, I'm part of the way. Yes, I worship God like they do. He said, yes, I do believe the law. The law is good. I'm not going to say the law was bad because the law had a purpose and that was to bring us to Christ. So Paul, and, um, I believe the law. And then he, called, then he goes back to the thing that caused the problem. He said, also said um, that I believe in the resurrection. He said, I believe in the resurrection of the just and the unjust. Everybody is going to be resurrected from the dead. Um, and he said, this, this, he said, this being the case, Paul said, I strive, my goal is to have a good conscience before God and a good conscience before men. I try to live in a way that pleases God and pleases others. He said, I, he goes on to say, I was a good Jew. And he said, the only thing they can accuse me of is the resurrection. So Paul's first time talking to Felix, he just said, listen, this is the way it is. They laid out their charges and he gave his testimony. I follow the way. I obey the law. I keep the law. I don't cause any trouble. I'm worshiping God. I was a Jew of the Jews. He writes another place. He said, I was the perfect Jew. I, he, and, 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 and <clears throat> so he's saying, all these charges are false. But he says in the very beginning, he piques Felix's interest. So Paul puts him off. Um, in the next, and then Felix has a crazy response here. 
a heartbreaking response, actually, in verses 22 through 27. But when Felix heard these things, here we go back to that, having a more accurate knowledge of the way, he knew about the way before Paul talked about the way, he already knew he knew already knew about the way, and he said, um, he said, we're, I'm going to put we'll put this off for a few days, and I'll come down and I'll hear your case. He commanded that Paul be under house arrest and and not be um, not be not nothing nothing happened and, and, and not and, and until we wait for the trial to be here. After a few days, Felix came in with his wife Drusilla, who was Jewish. He sent for Paul and heard him concerning the faith in Christ. Now this is the area I want you to listen to, folks. This is the key area of this. I want you to see what happens when Paul gives a faithful witness that I want you to see Felix's response. Because there may be people sitting in this very... 30 or so people sitting here today. There may be people in this room who have never put their faith in Christ. And that's where Felix was. Felix had heard about the way. I don't know in those in-between days whether he studied the way. I didn't know whether he, I don't know whether he'd read old legal documents about the way. But Felix had some understanding about his need for salvation. So he calls Paul back. And I want you guys, especially if you've never put your faith in Christ, I want you to pay special attention to Paul's testimony. If you're a believer, I want you to pay special attention to how Paul presents the gospel. He doesn't get distracted. He has a purpose. He has the things he wants to say, and he has the things he's going to say. First thing he says in verse 24, he sent for Paul and he heard him concerning faith in Christ. The very first thing Paul lays out, the thing that Paul lays out over and over and over and over again is that faith in Christ makes all the difference. Not faith in the way, not faith in your church, not your parents' faith, it's faith in Christ that makes all the difference in the world. All right, um, AJ, Ephesians 2.8, please. Ephesians 2.8. Key verse, I could go to any number of verses about faith in Christ. This one I think is the most clear. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. By faith you've been saved through grace. The first thing Paul does is talk to Felix talk to Felix about faith. When we get to know people, I'm not saying you, we need the very first conversation, but as we get to know people, and Mary read a verse this morning about, um, I know we were doing, I think it was a verse on her phone or something, that talk about the reason we, we need to be ready to give an explanation of the hope that's within us. Is the, what we, the notion is here that people are going to see a difference eventually. When we're not doing the things our friends do, when we're living right, people are going to say, why do you live that way? Paul starts out saying, it's because of faith in Christ, because I trust Jesus for my salvation. We need to nail that faith in Christ down from the very beginning. So from the very start, Paul talked to Felix about his faith in Christ. Next thing he talked about, he was talking about righteousness. Why would he talk about righteousness? Romans 3.12 says, there is no one righteous, no, not one. No works all through Romans chapter 3, chapter 4, chapter 5. 
Paul talks over and over again, there are no works of righteousness which can save us. When Paul wrote to the Galatians, he said that um, if our righteousness could save us, then Christ's death was a waste. So he speaks about faith in Christ. He tells him that you need to be saved because of the because of righteousness. Because God demands righteousness. He's going to say in a few minutes, Paul talked about the fact that God was going to judge sin. Paul got right to the point, guys, and I wish I had that kind of testimony. I have people I witness to, and it's great to talk about new life in Christ. It's great to talk about how Christ can change your life. It's great to talk about all those wonderful things. But when it comes right down to it, People have got to know they need to be saved. They need to be saved is because they're sinners. They don't have faith in Christ. God is going to judge unrighteousness. It's going to happen. Every person that you or I know, we are going to be judged. Everybody we know is going to be judged by righteousness. And the judgment's going to come. And that's why he goes back. He starts with the faith in Christ. Because nothing can make us righteous except putting our faith in Christ. Paul also talks in here. And I I, I looked at this and I studied it. He also preaches about self-control. And that doesn't seem to fit in except for the fact that self-control is the work of the Spirit. And Paul is saying, I hear perhaps he's saying that our our lives would change. We only have self-control through our faith in Christ. Otherwise, we're going to live openly and wantonly like the rest of the world lives. He preached about faith in Christ. He preached about the importance of righteousness. He preached about the way the only way to have self-control was through Christ. And he preached about the judgment that was going to come. Powerful stuff, isn't it? But now I want you to see how Felix responded. Tragic, tragic response. Uh, let's start in verse... I think we're down to verse... Um, uh, 25. Now as he reasoned, while he talked about righteousness, while he talked about this idea of self-control, while he talked about judgment that was coming, somebody, everybody look at verse 25. All you, all you guys look at verse 25 for me. Of um, Acts 24. Find Acts 24, verse 25. I want somebody to, I'm going to give you a spot to read. Acts 24, verse 25. He reasoned about righteousness. He reasoned about self-control. He reasoned about judgment to come. How did Felix respond? Two words. Felix was what? Anybody there? Acts verse 20, chapter verse chapter 24, verse 25. Hudson. He was afraid. Why do you think he was afraid? Because judgment was coming. How do we how 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 afraid was he? Look at the next word. He was afraid and he before that. He was afraid and he trembled is in the different version. Oh okay. Oh, sorry about that. The old King James says here that he was trembled and it emphasizes how troubled he was. Sorry about that, guys. Um, he was so afraid. And they just come on. The other versions come on. He was, he, he was afraid and he trembled. How afraid do you think he was if he was trembling? A lot. 
Anybody ever trembled in fear before? When you're so afraid that you just... You, you, you can't get it together and you know the thing is coming. And it gets, you're, so, you're so scared that you're shaking in fear. That is where Felix found himself. He, Paul preached. Paul said the only way to be is be saved by faith in Christ. And, 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 and you, need to, you need to be made righteous. You need to have self-control over your sins. And you're going to be judged. That's going to happen to everybody. Felix was afraid and he trembled in fear. What should Felix have done here? Anybody want to guess? What, David? He should have prayed to God and gotten saved, shouldn't he? Alright, that's what he should have done. But what did he do? AJ, you read that before. What did he do? After he trembled, okay, you read you read it when. What what? So what did Felix say? Get out of here! I don't want to hear this. Why didn't he want to hear it? Because he was afraid. He said, "I don't want to hear this anymore. Go get out of here! I don't want to hear this." And he said, "Also, then he went on to say, I'm going to call you on a more convenient day. This isn't the day.'" To be saved. Why is that such a dumb thing to say? Anybody know? Let's look at a verse. I want everybody to look at this verse with me. Adults, everybody else. I want you to look at a verse with me. He saw Paul a few more times. The verse goes on to say that he was hoping Paul would bribe him. So he had Paul come in over and over again. And Paul sharing the gospel... Um, I want everybody to look with me at 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 2. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 2. Very imperative, very important, very time-setting verse. Everybody, 2 Corinthians 6, verse 2, I think that was what I said. Felix was afraid, he trembled, and he would not get saved. He said, get out of here. <coughs> I don't want to hear this. Come back at a more convenient time. Everybody in 2 Corinthians 6, 2. Would somebody like to read that for me? Adult, child, anybody? David, your hands up first. When is the day of salvation? When is it? Now, this minute, Felix would not listen to that. He sent Paul away. He had Paul come back several times. He thought Paul would bribe him. But the key lesson is, now is the day of salvation. And there may be somebody, I don't know anybody's eternal soul, their eternal fate but mine, when it comes right down to it. It's between you and God. There may be somebody in this room this morning who you, like Felix, have heard the truth. Who you, like Felix, have heard the gospel over and over and over again. And and Paul wrote to the Corinthians, he said, Now is the day of salvation. 
Do you think he was talking about that day he wrote to Corinth all those, all those years ago, particularly? No, he's saying now is the day of salvation. Today is the day of salvation. Why is today the time to make a decision for salvation if you're not saved? Right this minute. Why is that so important? Hudson? You don't know when you're going to die. Now I know that Beth and Ronnie are not living for the Lord right now. But I remember the, I remember Beth telling us you tell it. Because you, you, you were talking to Beth when she said it. She and Ronnie had gone to talk to the chaplain because they were having marriage problems and the chaplain said well you're never going to be able to work out your marriage problems until you've worked out your relationship with Christ. So he asked Beth and she gave her testimony and then he asked Ronnie and he said I don't think I've done that. So he told Ronnie how to be saved, told him what he needed to do. He said, you can do that here with me, or you can go home and do it, but you need to do this before your marriage is going to be sorted out. And he said, well, I think I want to go home and do it. And so the chaplain said he'd be praying for them. Beth and Ronnie got up to leave. They got to the door, and she said, stop. <coughs> if you really want to do this, do it now. Because we could be in a car accident on the way home and you could die and you wouldn't make it to heaven. So Ronnie turned around, prayed, and accepted Christ as his Savior. Okay, I used here all kinds of illustrations on this verse. This isn't a real illustration. This is real life. This really happened. Nobody knows what your future holds. I hope it doesn't happen. But you could drive out of here. And before you got where you heard going, a car could run a red light or break a stop, come running down the street and smash into you and kill everybody in your car, including you. And then it's going to be too late. I'm going to follow up on this more next week because the same thing is going to happen with another Roman leader who's going to say the same thing. But I can't drive the point home strongly enough. Now is the day of salvation. And if I didn't love you as your friend and pastor, I'd just fluff over this and go on. But now is the day of salvation. It's now. You may never have a chance again. We don't hear about Felix again. We never know what happened. Hopefully, Felix took those words and got saved before he died. But we don't know. Like I said, next week we're going to see somebody else say almost the exact same words. If you're here today and you've never taking that step of faith of putting your faith in Christ and accepting His righteousness you're still facing God's judgment it's going to happen and apart from Christ your judgment is going to be severe and apart from Christ your judgment is going to be spent eternity without Him now is the day of salvation the day of putting your faith in Christ for by grace we are saved through faith not of yourselves lest any man should boast and we never hear from Felix again. Festus takes his place. Festus becomes king. But remember those words. Felix said, go away. I don't want to hear this message. Come back at a better time. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for today.